0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's our weekly Breakfast with Benz podcast. After Mike Tomlin's press conference, Tim Benz and Joe Rudder, our beat writer who covers the Steelers at trip, Live with you. Normally we join you in person on a Tuesday, but with the short week Thursday night football against the New England Patriots. Mike Tomlin's press conference today on a Monday. I couldn't be there because of some other obligations. Joe was holding down the Ford himself. And Joe, did you walk away with any pearls of wisdom from Coach Tomlin as to how that game went the way that it did against the horrible Arizona Cardinals on Sunday?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if there are pearls of wisdom. In fact, I don't know if there was any wisdom. Um, I I think the best thing he could have done, and I guess tried to do, was just... uh, put it in the rearview mirror and look ahead to New England um because it was bad and you know as he even Mike Tallman came in and said off the bat watching it on tape it was just as bad as seeing it live and in person and no there's nobody's going to fault you know fault that assessment it was bad it was bad all the way around and there was very little positive you can take out of it and now they're preparing for another two win team but with their backup quarterback playing
0: Let's start right there, because Kenny Pickett's out for a few weeks with this ankle surgery that he's had. By the way, ankle surgery, and Tomlin sounded very secure that it's not a season-ending injury. When are we expecting to see Pickett back in the field in a Steelers uniform?
1: Well, I guess you would have to say, I mean, I would not think for this week, well, obviously not this week, Indianapolis, I think Cincinnati's probably out of question. I think you're lucky to get him back by the end of the year, at Seattle, um, and then oh, good. again, you're flying all the way out there, then you're flying all the way back. Um, so if you've got an injury, is that the best way to do it? Honestly, it might be the season finale of Baltimore. might be the first time you're really looking looking to get him back on the field.
0: Joe, I think about Trubisky starting and starting for an extended stretch, and it strikes me that we are now just a couple years removed from Ben Roethlisberger being the quarterback. He last played as recently as 2021 have they already gotten the quarterback position wrong twice?
1: Uh, <laughs> I get, so they I mean, I don't think Mitch Trubisky's the long-term answer. I don't think anybody thinks that way. Uh, but he, I mean, he was the he first it?
0: answer. He was, he was plan A. Like, that just sort <laughs> of... You know, while we're sitting around there for four and a half hours in the press box waiting for the lightning <laughs> to clear up, I'm watching that game knowing that is going to be coming back in after this first delay, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy was Plan A. This is what they thought was going to be the answer after Ben Roethlisberger. I never bought in then, and boy, I'm not buying in
1: now. Yeah, I didn't buy in the fact that he was the long term solution when they uh, signed him because they drafted Kenny Pickett and you figured Kenny Pickett was going to move in, you know, later in the season at some point. Um, you know, they're turning back to him again because they have to. You know, I still am um, probably among the minority here that would love to see what Mason Rudolph can do when you give him a couple starts to do it. And, uh, you know, if, if Trubisky struggles at all against New England, I, I would like to see Mason Rudolph get a chance. I don't think he's the long-term solution, but I think he's the guy who, if you give him a couple starts, he can prove that he can be a capable quarterback in this league. Um, you know, but we don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see that, um, you know, for the end of this year, I think they're going to have to uh, duct tape things together and finish with what they have and then reevaluate in the offseason. They have to make a big decision whether they think Kenny Pickett can be their guy going forward or whether to start again in the draft. After they
0: beat the Bengals, that gave them seven wins, and you and I were both of the opinion that, boy, it sure looked like there were at least three more wins out there with Arizona, the Bengals again, and the Patriots sitting on the schedule. Now I'm not secure that there's two. I mean, there's probably (laughs) two. But, you know, this game is the Spider-Man meme of football. It's the Patriots and the Steelers pointing at each other saying, hey, I recognize your terrible offense and somewhat capable defense. Thursday night's going to be like 6-3, to three, isn't it, Joe?
1: It's going to be low scoring, that's for sure. But I, I still think the Steelers pull this one out. Um, you, know, the, you know, one thing about them is, you know, they – when they, they lose these games, they tend to come right back and, and get a win. So, you know, I think they, you know, this lines up for them that way. And then you see what happens in Indianapolis. But yeah, I mean, you know, they're 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 staring right now with the teams on their schedule. And now you got to consider that none of them are gimme wins. That you're looking at nine, you know, another nine and eight finish possibly.
0: Nine and eight may or may not be good enough to get into the playoffs, depending on how they get to that nine and eight, based on the conference and divisional wins and losses. I can't believe that we're in a version of NFL reality, Joe, that has the prospect where two, if not three, AFC South teams might get in. But that, that's possible, especially after what the Colts did yesterday.
1: Yeah, it, it is possible. And, you know, Indianapolis is coming on, and you know, we'll see what Jacksonville does tonight with Cincinnati. should win that game. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> the South is turning out to not be such a, a mediocre division after all. They've, you know, they've got some – Decent teams in there. Houston would have the tiebreaker over the Steelers if it came down to that. So, yeah, you know, and Indianapolis might, you know, depending on how that comes out. So, yeah, everybody was talking about how strong the North was a few weeks ago before all the quarterback injuries. Now it might be the South that, uh, you know, gets more of the teams into the playoff field.
0: I wonder, Joe, if that's exactly what it's going to come down to, that those two teams, Houston – And Indianapolis wind up with the five and six seeds and the Steelers eke in above like the Browns because of their divisional record. I I could see that happening. I would even go so far as to wonder if maybe the way this wraps up is the Ravens have nothing to play for and the Steelers might back in by beating their backups.
1: It could be, you know, I mean, that's, that's obviously a long way down the road, but you know, just imagine if they do go into the playoffs, say at nine and eight, that would be a two and four finish. After what was a promising, you know, start to the, you know, promising, looking look after coming out of that Cincinnati game, um, you know, that would just be uh, would that be the second time or third time in four years that they've had a bad December like that? Um, the reverse of what happened last year. It just it just wouldn't be a good look, especially with a team that, you know, was expected to approve on last year, not regress.
0: Are they set at center with Mason Cole going into this game after all those bad snaps?
1: Well, They almost have to be. They, I don't think they can make a change with basically one pseudo practice um, that they're going to have. I don't think they can change that at all. Uh, you know, I, I In fact, I imagine he's your center through the end of the season. I, I think it's hard, uh, especially with Isaac Sumalo being hurt. I don't think you want to throw Nate Herbig in there because you don't have a replacement at left guard. So I think you ride it out with Mason Cole, and that's another position you address in the offseason.
0: Is Deontay Johnson still celebrating his touchdown?
1: <laughs> he is, and uh, Mike Tomlin, for all the run still didn't give us an answer on what he thought of it. I can't imagine he would be too happy about that because, you know, what is the purpose, really, of celebrating it? You know, when you go from 21 points down to 14 points down with five minutes left in the game, you know what? Uh, that's not a good look, again. But then again, a lot of the times these receivers on this team haven't had a good look with selfish behavior And this is just one of, uh, you know, 525 examples of it.
0: Was it as awkward and tense as it sounded in the room today when he had that back and forth with Caballi and Will Graves about that exchange surrounding Deontay Johnson's touchdown celebration?
1: Yeah, and it was, you know, as you've come to know, it was at the end of the press conference. It was at about the time when he had enough, and he was ready to wrap it up. And these were some of the final questions, and I think he was just trying to get it over with as fast as possible. Um, you know, so he kind of th- tried to throw it back in the reporters faces and didn't want to answer anything. Then the last question was, he was asked to give a one word answer about the steel about the game yesterday. And he kind of chuckled and then, you know, eventually came up with subpar, which yeah. was, <laughs> which was a kind, I, I expected, uh, something along the lines of crummy, crappy, something, you know, in the PG version that he could say that would be better than subpar. Subhuman,
0: it. maybe, to sit through that whole yeah. thing. At least for the fans who yeah. had to go through the multiple delays, of nothing else. Um, yeah, what's the weather forecast for Thursday? Let's get to the most important thing. What time are we get home?
1: <laughs> well, let's hope we get it home through in one piece so we can get home before the sun comes up.
0: <laughs> that was unbelievable. <laughs> was that the worst loss under Tomlin in the slash Hines history, Heinz field Acresher Stadium history?
1: I would say so. I wrote something about this earlier today. Just looking at the, from the late season standpoint, they've had other wins. You know, Tampa Bay game comes to mind. Um, that was earlier in the season. But as far as December at home, you'd have to go back to the Unleash Hell in December time in 2009 to find a loss similar to that. But the Steelers were only a game over 500 when they lost to the Raiders, who were a little better than the Cardinals were here. So I, it had to me it has to be has to rank as the worst late season home loss under Tomlin I mean he's had a couple stinkers on the road usually can count on one of those a year but this one came at home and that's rare
0: we thought it was against Houston um, and then Houston ended up being a pretty good team so reassess that I suppose but this one there's no excuse for so late in the season at home Yeah. to your point like I I think recently anyway when they were seven two and one lost back to back to the Raiders in Denver but the, both those games were on the road this makes it feel worse, and I've got no confidence that they're going to be on the right side of 6-3 to three against New
1: England. Do you? I would think they should be. I mean, you know, because it's interesting when they did that unleash hell in 13, 14 years ago, you know, they lost that game, then went up to Cleveland four days later, another Thursday night game, and had another stinker against the Browns who had one win at the time. Um, I, I think they're better equipped to handle that, especially being at home. For this game, Uh, yeah, you know, I think with Krabisky, he might have some turnovers, but I feel a little more confident about him at least being able to get a touchdown or at least 10 points out of this thing to, you know, be able to hang on to a 10-7-10-9 victory.
0: You mentioned the receivers. They combined for 119 yards on 10 targets. I expected them... To be more at center of the passing game than Fryermuth was because of what we knew about Arizona's defense, but I didn't expect him to forget about Fryermuth entirely. After his huge game against the Bengals, he walks away with just three catches and twenty-nine yards.
1: Yeah, they they did uh, go away from him and kind of made him an afterthought again. Maybe thinking that you know he would be the center of attention after what happened in uh, Cincinnati. And yeah, I'm surprised. Well, the way the game played out, the receivers had to get more involved, but they they had a nice running game working in the first half until the fourth and goal. And if they're able to take a 10-3 lead into the half instead of being down 10-3, I think they run the ball a lot more effectively and more often in the second half. And the receivers wouldn't have been as involved in this game. And maybe Fryermuth would have been in some of those instances. But the, yeah, the way the game kind of got away from them, they had to start looking downfield into the sidelines for some of those guys.
0: Miles Killebrew better be happy that he's the special team's captain after a hat-trick of penalties.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and he he was pretty stand up guy about it after the game and took the blame for that. But, yeah, that's that's uncharacteristic for a guy who usually is, uh, you know, the, the you know the, one of the most respected and level headed type of guys on that defense. And, you know, he's considered a very smart player as well. And he just he just made some dumb penalties. But that set the tone on a day when there was all kind of penalties of all kind of varieties all over that field. Is T.J.
0: Watt right to complain about the treatment he's getting from the officials?
1: I mean, I think it's a culmination of a long time of, you know, this building up where he's just seemingly get held on so many possessions or, I mean, you know, on pass rushes. And, um, you know, it's happening again and again. And I think, you know, it's it's frustrations finally coming out. Usually he is more diplomatic with that. But I think the fact that he had to come out of the game a couple times nicked up a little bit, I think he was just kind of at his wit's end and uh, let his thoughts be known. And I don't know if anything can change or will change, but uh, at least he's come out and said it and gotten it on record how he feels about it.
0: Mickey Fitzpatrick admitted that they might have taken the tight end a little uh, lax. Uh, McBride just carved him up. Jalen Warren made comments about maybe not being ready for the Cardinals or taking him too lightly or what have you. Um, I don't know how that happens when this team is two weeks removed from firing a coordinator for the first time since
1: 1941. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's surprising because you would think that you know this team would know better than anybody that they don't they haven't done enough to have that kind of attitude. They especially haven't done anything on offense. Um, you would think that getting their you know their other you know making Fitzpatrick back and have all their stars on defense available to them finally that you know they they would have you know been more determined than that and you know not susceptible to giving up a 99-yard touchdown drives. But, you know a lot of things that make sense in that game and you know the way they. Handled adversity and reacted and and didn't you know rise up and fight against it was pretty disturbing.
0: Over under one and a half defensive scores on Thursday night, Joe, in the game, for either team, <laughs> by,
1: by either side, uh, might it might take that to to determine the outcome. I will say under, but go with one defensive score. Uh, let's say TJ Watt again.
0: Joe, thanks. We'll read you throughout the course of the week and then again on Friday after Steelers Patriots at Acrisure Stadium, all right? Sounds good. Joe Rudder, he covers the Steelers here at Trib Live. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
1: <laughs>